welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a hot minute since I did an episode and I'm so flattered because so many of you said, when are you doing another episode? And the answer is right now. I'm super excited to be back to podcasting and I apologize for the long delay. What happens is, is I lose um, my inspiration to speak about new things and I get stuck and I get frozen. And I, I did a little poll on the Instagram and found out that a lot of you don't need me to talk about weight loss and fitness all the time. Some of you just want to hear what's going on in my world and you want to hear how I'm tackling my life. And um, I do try to live a mindful life and try to find lessons and try to find ways to grow. And and so I'm going to be sharing my weight loss, fitness, uh, health things here, but I'm going to try to kind of shift gears this season and talk a little bit about the life lessons and the learning and the reading and the personal growth that I endeavor to pull off in my life. And hopefully there's a whole other way that that these kinds of conversations can resonate with those of you who listen. We are human. We're all the same. We all have souls that are just full of the same spirit of life and souls that are our love, number one. When you were a baby and you were just like laying there cooing and kicking your fat little feet, you were just a big bundle of love. And spoiler alert, that's still who you are in your smooshy, gushy little soul. And I really believe that. And so I feel like it's our, it's, uh, it's our responsibility as human beings to try to, to get back to that center of our souls as much as possible. And we do that when we recognize that in others and when we call out and love on that part of each other and share the struggles that we have, make ourselves vulnerable, admit that we don't have it all figured out and let let our souls bounce off each other and uh, in compassion and love and indefinitely this feeling of, oh my gosh, I've been there. Oh my gosh, that sounds like me. And so I want to share that experience in this podcast too. Um, before I get too far into this podcast, I want to just talk to you all about the realities of podcasting. So podcasting is, I do this podcast because I have a passion for trying to make my story and my life matter for more than just me. I've often said when it comes to weight loss, I love that my pants fit. It's awesome. I've been through this big, huge weight loss journey and my pants fit now, okay? That's great. But if I can make that weight loss journey and everything I've learned count for more than my pants fitting my body, and maybe it can count for you in you deciding to try something that you haven't tried before or to start over and have a day one one more time, to push a little harder at the gym, to try a new workout, to look in the mirror and say, yes, I am willing, then there is much more merit to my life and my struggle. And so that is, that's my goal. And podcasting does not pay any bills for me. I make no money off of this. I actually Uh, I made $50 on this podcast while it was still being monetized with my anchor ads. Um, And right now I don't have an, I don't have an active ad campaign. I don't, I don't do any of those things. I probably could, I guess, but I, I'm here in a genuine space to genuinely connect with people who find me. And this podcast isn't for everyone. Everyone hasn't found it, but those of you who have found it and loved it, um, you have given me so much by just listening and telling me you listen and telling me when you find value in what I have shared. Um, and that's why I do it. But there are a lot of you who have a desire to give back, who have a desire to get involved. And I can tell you, if you want to support me in this podcast, there's a couple ways that you can do it. So this podcast has a sponsorship um, listener-supported component. So if you open this podcast um, on Anchor, on your web browser, on your phone, there's a way that you can make a donation uh, monthly, essentially, to support the production of this podcast. And while this podcast doesn't cost me any money to make, I don't go rent a studio or anything. Basically, what it's doing is it's is it's making uh making a little bit of a monetary 
uh, payback for the time that's invested in. And I will say that making this podcast is definitely um, time consuming and I want it to be a quality product. And so I do put time into it. So that is one way that you can support this podcast. Obviously, there's no obligation to do so. I'm not checking up on it. You're not a bad person if you think I'm, I'm terrible for even mentioning it. Um, I'm mentioning it because I've been asked and because there are a couple of people that are graciously um, already a supporter of this podcast. So that's one way. Another way and a way that you get a little bit more out of it is to purchase from the companies that I work with. So I don't work with many companies. I'm not a big influencer and um, I never will be. I will only ever talk about products that I myself love and use because I am a transparent, authentic person. And so on this podcast, I've talked about Smart Baking Company. They are um, an amazing company. They make gluten-free, keto, sugar-free, low-sugar, low-carb baked goods. So for those of you who are gluten-free, number one, with Smart Baking Company, you can get cupcakes and muffins and hamburger buns and feel like you've got a little normalcy in your life, um, in your diet, when you want something sweet and you want something that reminds you of the life you lived when you were eating (laughs) cupcakes and muffins and hamburger buns. Um, Their products are great and they taste good. There's not this weird aftertaste that a lot of um, products that have um, natural sweeteners and and, um, Splenda and whatnot, a lot of those products have an aftertaste. And for me, I would rather just never eat again than to eat like um, some of those brands. These are not like that. They're delicious. They have really great flavors and they're low calorie. So a lot of times when you eat a gluten-free muffin, it's like 400 calories and it's frustrating, but... Truly, the cupcakes are 38 calories, the muffins are around 100 calories, and they're filling and they're dense and they're delicious. So Smart Baking Company, they, um, they partner with me. So if you purchase from them and use my discount code, which does save you money, the code is destination underscore begin, um, then I get a commission from those sales. So that's one way to support me where you get something out of the deal. So it's... Um, it's one way to do that. And then the other company I work with that, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm a big lover of Built Bars. So Built Bars are protein bars, but they're unlike any other protein bar. They really do taste like a candy bar. The texture is soft and nougaty. It's not one of these protein bars that sucks all the moisture out your face. Um, and I love them. And I, when I first tried them, I didn't like them. But it's because I didn't try all the flavors. So they have a lot of different flavors and um, I don't like some of them. And other people like those and don't like the ones I like. But um, I encourage you to try them because um, for a protein bar, they're, they're lower calorie than most. My favorite ones are 130 calories. Most of them have 16 to 18 grams of protein. And um, they're all certified gluten-free. And they use real chocolate and... They have white chocolate, which are really delicious. They don't have them all the time, but they do production runs of white chocolate as well. So they're delicious protein bars. Um, You get a lot of protein, low calorie, tastes like dessert. You can microwave them. You can freeze them. They also have built bites. They're half the size. So they're 70 or 80 calories for just a little protein bar. So it's like a fun size candy bar. So they're delicious. My code is destination begin and it gets you 10% off your order. And the nice thing about that, you guys, is built gives all of that to me. So if you make an order and you save 10%, that is putting that, that savings from you in my pocket. So that is a way that you can support me in what I'm doing while you're getting something for the deal. Built also has Built Boost, which is a um, vitamin and mineral um, powder that you put in water. So it's kind of like crystal light. You put it in your water, you shake it up, you drink it, you get 100% of your daily vitamins and minerals. They also have a version that has immunity um, enhancing vitamins, so echinacea. So you can support your immune system a little bit more and also have a delicious tasting drink. So those are the products from Built um, builtbar.com. Use my code destination begin. It gets you an extra discount. So that's the housekeeping here. If you were interested in supporting me in this podcast, that's a, that's a few ways you can do that. And I just really appreciate it. Um, you can also just send diamonds and cars, um, to me here in Miami beach, Florida, and, um, they'll be well received. (laughs) 
Um, I haven't done a podcast since November. The last time I did an episode was when I had my friend Amanda here and I got to interview her and have her share her story, which was amazing. If you haven't listened to that episode, please find it and listen to it. Amanda is so cool. She's the greatest woman alive and she happens to be my best friend and uh, super lucky. So if you haven't listened to that episode, find it and listen to it. Also, I had some topic suggestions come in for episodes that I've already done. So if you haven't listened to the two prior seasons of this podcast, you should (laughs) because there's a lot of content there on weight loss and weight loss surgery, plastic surgery, motivation, um, tips and tricks for losing weight, keeping it off. A lot of information on the lizard brain and what I coach my clients on stopping binge eating and uncontrollable eating and eating behaviors. So if you want resource type information from this podcast, go back to season one and start at the beginning. And I kind of lay out a lot of the, the guiding principles that I use in my coaching practice and in, I have used in my own life in season one. Plus stories from my childhood and um, the cult church story and my divorces, plural, (laughs) and all of that. So take a listen to those older episodes if you want something specific. But so what's going on with me? I moved to Miami back in October of last year and uh, the greatest thing ever. I, I love Miami. I vacationed here quite a bit and always wanted to come spend more time in it had been my plan to just come for part of the winter. And then COVID happened and our office went to a full-time remote office. So I had the option to come down for the whole winter. And so I came down for the whole winter um, here until April officially and uh, just have really settled in to make it home. And I love it. it uh, it's been interesting though. Coming here is like a dream come true. And when I got here, I was giddy. I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I just was delighted and I still am. But what was interesting is after a couple of weeks, I really hit a very low um, emotional state. And I didn't expect that because my dog, Riggs, Riggs knows how to interrupt a podcast, doesn't doesn't you? Um, I, I was confused by that because... Here I am in the most beautiful, wonderful place ever. My dream has just come true, and yet I am low, and I feel sad. And I'm a person who I typically run happy. Happy is my normal um, operating mode. I'm a very up person. I have been blessed with a lot of happy hormones and happy chemicals in my brain at all times. So when I feel low or sad, A, it's unpleasant, as it is for anyone, And for me in particular, it's very foreign and it stresses me out more than anything. And so I didn't understand, you know, I I just felt very ungrateful. I thought, what an ungrateful jerk I am that I'm here in paradise. My dream has come true. I'm living on the beach. This is everything that I've been waiting for. And yet I'm not happy. I'm taking my dog for a walk on this sunny, beautiful day. And my heart is broken and I am nearly in tears and I want to go back to bed and climb under it. And I finally figured out what that was, and that was just my system adjusting to a completely new environment with nothing and no one familiar. And of course, there was an adjustment period. I was an idiot to think there wouldn't be. Um, And so luckily, it didn't last super long, and luckily, I had obviously the gift of friends come and visit me and I did go back to Minnesota to vote, so I I had kind of eased in, but it just took a little while for my system to sync up with where I was and get used to the fact that this was home and that everything familiar was not here, and I had to create a new little space for myself. So it was a lesson for me to give myself grace that, you know, change, even if it's really good change is still an adjustment to your system. So that was a little surprising, um, but I, I got through that. <laughs> um, and the holidays here were, were interesting. Um, it's very strange to be in a warm, sunny place at the holidays. I lived in Minnesota for 42, 
I guess 41, 42. I don't know what the math is. Let's see. I was zero. So, okay. 42 Christmases in winter in Minnesota with, you know, cold weather and snow and sleigh bells and Santa Claus and white Christmas and Christmas lights reflecting off of snow. And that's what the holidays look like. So to be here where it's sunny and there's green grass and there's palm trees and there's Christmas tree lots in the parking lots and people are buying Christmas trees in shorts and flip-flops and tank tops and people are putting Christmas lights on palm trees. It was so strange and it really was odd to try to even get into the Christmas spirit because I kept forgetting it was the holidays. I'd say, oh wow, it's, yeah, it's December. There's, it's Christmas time. I should shop or something. And so that was very strange. Really cool though. Um, Down on Miami Beach along Ocean Drive, um, right along the water in kind of the touristy area, they have Ocean Drive closed off and it's a a park that lines one side of the street and then restaurants and the old Art Deco hotels on the other side of the street. And it's beautiful. And so to go down there at night, you know, 68, 65 degrees, And all the palm trees were wrapped in Christmas lights all the way up to the top. And then they had Christmas light displays in the park. And it was beautiful. And of course, all of the hotels lit up in their neon colors. It was a really different kind of festive Christmas display. And I just loved it. It was so beautiful and like a dream come true to be walking outside in beautiful warm weather, but yet enjoying beautiful Christmas displays. So... That was just a treat, and I went down there many times just to walk and revel in it and bask in how beautiful it was. So a different kind of holiday spirit. Um, A palm tree wrapped in Christmas lights is just one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. And they've left white lights wrapped around a lot of the palm trees on a lot of the main avenues. For a long time, they had them around the palm trees here where I'm living at the pool. And so getting up in the morning, walking out the door, and there's the pool, and then Christmas light wrapped palm trees, and just beyond that, the beautiful sunrise on the ocean. Uh, If you guys follow me on Instagram, you saw some of those photos, and walking out that door, just every day I just gasp with how beautiful it was. So um, all of that to say, I am fabulously lucky and happy and just in awe of where I'm getting to live right now. It's just absolutely magnificent. And um, so I did go back to Minnesota for the holidays, for Christmas, I should say. And um, it was awesome because my son flew back to Minnesota from North Carolina and my niece flew from Texas to Minnesota. So we had the whole family together. And um, in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about family stuff and a little update and some some heart work and some soul work and some healing that's happened in the family. But um, but I'll get to that in a little bit. But um, it was just really cool to have everyone in one place, even when no one was living out of state. We hadn't really accomplished that in a few years. And last year, our family was kind of in a, um, I wouldn't say a rift. I would say it was a tough patch. And so there wasn't a big family gathering. And so this year it was very, it was just really wonderful to go home and um, enjoy all of my family in one place. And then um, the day after we all got together, my sister and my dad, my son and my niece and I, we all drove through a a snowstorm down to Iowa to see my grandma Mabel. And um, she had been in a nursing home there. She's been there for a couple of years. And uh, because of COVID, they hadn't been allowed out and no one had been allowed in since, you know, February or March of 2020. And so the best that we could do was go into uh, the yard right outside of her window and call her on the phone and have a little visit on the phone. And, you know, the kids, the great grandkids, my son and my niece, they had not seen great grandma in a while. Um, My son hadn't seen her in over a year. I hadn't seen her in months. And there we all were all together outside of her window. She was in such great mood, Um, really chipper and happy and beautiful and full of life. And we got to have a really fun visit with her. She she was watching figure skating on TV and uh, excited about that. And then 
she had had a, a bout of congestive heart failure a couple weeks prior and um, had been in the hospital. And when she was gone from the nursing home, they went through her room to organize it and they found all the contraband. Because in the nursing home, you're not allowed to have nail clippers or nail files, anything sharp, um, nothing medicinal that's not prescribed, and not any scissors. Well, grandma is of her sound mind, and she had a really hard time without having scissors. And so my sister, who um, was her like, little buddy, bestie, had been sneaking um, scissors and fingernail clippers in to her whenever she'd visit. But when grandma was gone, they tossed her room and they took it all. And so grandma was upset that they found all her contraband. So we told her, hey, grandma, when we come back, we're going to run out to the farm or we're going to come back and we're going to bring you Christmas presents. And hidden in the bottom of of them, we're going to try to hide some scissors. And oh my gosh, she was so excited. Oh, okay, okay. I'll see if if I can find a place to hide them. So she was really excited about that. So we did. We went and we bought some scissors. We got a gift bag. We created a false bottom for the gift bag. <laughs> and we put the scissors in there and then we put her presents in there. And then we came back. We gave the gifts to the, the, the nurse's aide and he brought them in. And we went to the window and we watched her kind of um, get the presents. And the nurse's aide was kind enough to open all the bags for her. So he was opening the bags and handing her the presents. And... Um, she was ooing and aahing and we had told her that hey the bottom of the one gift bag don't let them throw the gift bag away because we hid the scissors in there so the the nurse's aide you know emptied the bag looked in there and then he kind of shook it and realized it was a little heavier than it should have been so he started pawing in it and we were quick to yell no no that's it that's it that's it but she wants to keep the bag let her keep the bag and grandma's like no I keep all my bags it's pretty here give that to me and so he folded it up and gave it to her and we all we all looked at each other and just laughed and breathed a sigh of relief that we were not caught sneaking the contraband scissors into Grandma Mabel. So really funny. Um, we had a wonderful visit with her and, um, and, we, uh, and we left. And um, just a week later, she tested positive for COVID and we don't know how she got it. They had been locked down for a long time and all the staff were tested regularly. All the residents were tested um, regularly. And so Saturday, um, after we had seen her, she tested positive and six days later, she passed away. And um, I just, it's so bittersweet because everything worked out so beautifully for us to go and see her and have that last interaction where she was feeling good and she was so happy and funny and we and the kids got to see her. I mean, the kids hadn't been together in a long time and they hadn't been to Minnesota in a long time and we hadn't been to Iowa in a long time and yet there we all were and we got to have this beautiful, wonderful last happy visit with my precious grandma Mabel and um, before she left and uh, went on to a much better way of life in heaven with her bestest friend, Jesus. She was the most devout and loyal follower of Jesus Christ than, um, that I've ever known. And um, just a beautiful faith. Um, I could talk for 15 podcasts about my grandma Mabel and never tell it all, but um, she had a very beautiful, simple faith. And, you know, religion gets a really bad rap for a good reason. And um, I have my own issues with faith and uh, all of those things because of how I was raised. But when I doubt and I don't know and I get stuck, I just think about Grandma Mabel and all she did was just love. She just loved. When she met somebody new, she just loved them. When she met someone super weird and kooky, she just loved them. She might have thought they were a little weird and kooky. But they were welcome at her table and she would share anything with them. And even if someone did something egregious and terrible, she'd find a way to try to see it the way Jesus did, with compassion and with love. And she loved her, her Jesus and she tried to live just as he did. And, and, it, and she succeeded. And her faith was beautiful and authentic, and um, everyone who knew her would agree with that. 
And I think that's such a wonderful legacy to to leave behind. She was also really funny and super inappropriate a lot of the time. She liked to tell off-color jokes. (laughs) And she liked to say very shocking things. Shocking things I won't even say on my podcast because they were shocking and she was hysterical. But um, so this is a story that I don't know if this is podcast appropriate, but it was really funny to me. Um, Grandma loved to watch the show Botched on the e-network so we'd, we'd come see her in the nursing home and she'd be watching botched which is a show about plastic surgery gone wrong and then these two surgeons who go in and they they repair bad plastic surgery jobs and there's a lot of like transgender people who go in and get things fixed or get gender reassignment surgeries so there's a lot of that which she was very very interested in um just so interested in and in, in invested in if you know, people wanted to keep their body parts or keep their their bodies looking one way, even though they identified a different way. I mean, she was hysterically funny about it. Just very, very inquisitive. Um, but she was fascinated with the idea of plastic surgery. So when I had gotten my breast implants, the next time I went to see her, I sat down on next to her and I, I was so excited to tell her because I knew she would be absolutely blown away. Because number one, people get these kinds of surgeries like breast augmentation and they don't talk about it or they don't admit it. They don't walk around talking about it. Well, not this girl. I have no, no shame. No, I don't care. Obviously. I mean, hello. It's pretty obvious. Why would I pretend like that's not what's going on? But my grandma wouldn't probably have noticed, but I sat down next to her and I said, grandma, I have something to tell you. And she got very, very interested. I said, I had breast implants. And she didn't miss a beat. She looked at me, then she looked down at my breasts, and she reached out and grabbed one. And just, just grabbed my boob. And she's like, oh, wow, I've never felt one of those before. And I was like, whoa, grandma is feeling me up. I did not expect that. But in hindsight, I don't know why I didn't expect it. Um, really really funny and she was absolutely floored blown away just it made her it made her life complete I think that she got to touch a fake boob so uh that's just one of the funny things but um grandma Mabel she just loved to laugh and she was silly I remember one time I wanted to take a picture with her in her kitchen and I took a picture and she always wanted to see it so I show it to her and she's like that doesn't look good here uh, let's hold these tomatoes and let's take it again. So she held some tomatoes in her hand and we took it again and she loved it. So that was just, she was just silly and whimsical and game for anything. So again, I could talk for a million hours about grandma Mabel and maybe I will do a grandma Mabel episode. That would be, it would be so much fun to just talk about her for a whole hour. Um, and it still wouldn't be enough. So, um, that was kind of a sad note to start the new year, but also, you know, I was down here in Miami, my whole family's in Minnesota, knowing that grandma was going to pass. It was just, it was agony. I didn't know if I should rush home. If I rushed home, wouldn't be able to see her anyway. Um, But the gift of it was at the very end, um, I was able to be with my family via FaceTime um, to say goodbye. And that was just um, a gift. And, um, and I'll never forget that. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to have had my grandma, Mabel. She's the best. She's 91 and um, had a wonderful, beautiful, full life. So um, another funny thing that came out of that, though. So I have an assistant at, at my work in Minnesota and uh, Kurt. Kurt is Kurt has just got a big, beautiful heart. And he handles a billion things at the office and one thing he handles is um, sending flowers or sending gifts or sending care packages out and kind of handling that aspect of, of our office management. So if someone has a baby, he sends them flowers. If someone has surgery, he sends them flowers, that kind of thing. So when the office found out that my grandma Mabel had passed, um, he was asked to send flowers down here to Miami to me. Um, and so... <laughs> uh, I, I had to leave one day, and uh, as I was leaving, I got a phone call from the front desk here saying, hi, you have some flowers down at the front desk. I said, oh, okay, well, I'm leaving. I'll come and get them later when I get back. And they said, uh, uh, okay. 
And I thought that was weird, but I've never gotten flowers here before, but I get other packages and they're just fine. So I left, a um, couple hours later, I get another phone call from the front desk saying, hey, you have flowers at the front desk. I said, yes, I'm aware. I'm gonna, gonna get them when I come back later. Thank you. So the whole day goes by. I finally come home. I park. I'm walking in. The security guard happened to be in the parking ramp in his little golf cart. And he saw me, came buzzing over to me and said, oh, hey, you have flowers at the front desk. I said, yes, I'm going to go get them now. I'm going to, I'm going to go get them. Like in my head, I'm thinking, good grief. Like, what is the deal? I, I, it was very, very off putting. So I came home and uh, went down to the front desk and I walked into the lobby and just busted up laughing because there was the most ginormous flower display you have ever seen. And it was covering the entire front desk. So the security guards had to look around it in order to see anyone who came in, anyone who delivered anything, any visitor that needed to be let up or have a phone call had to stick their head around this giant bouquet of flowers. It's one of those ones that you would put on a giant stand next to a casket in a funeral home. That's how large it was. And so I thought, oh, this is why I got three phone calls about flowers. They've been literally here the entire workday blocking the front desk. And uh, I just, I busted up laughing. And the security guard looked at me that was sitting there and she looked like she just wanted to kill me. And she said, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> and I said, I, thank you. And I just was laughing so hard. I just said, I, I know it's not funny. It, it is really sad but this is really funny, right? And she just stared me down. It was not funny to her, <laughs> but it was funny to me. So I had to try to carry it and see around it to get in the elevator and to get it up into my house. It took up almost my entire dining room table. And every time I looked at it, I just lost. I just lost it laughing. It was so funny. Grandma Mabel would have gotten the biggest kick out of that. So um, it was beautiful, but um, Kurt really put his money where his uh, heart was. He really, he loved hearing stories about Grandma Mabel and he proved it in sending me, basically. It was kind of like, hey, Kurt, I didn't die. <laughs> this, this, is, this is ginormous. So very, very sweet, very funny. Yay! When I came to Miami, I got to reconnect with my friend Howard who lives here. And when I talked in my previous episode about moving to Miami, I referenced how just one conversation with Howard was really pivotal in my life. He really spoke truth and um, he's just got a heart of gold and a soul that just um, just seems to really have a lot of wisdom and a lot of grace and um, he sees things and he says things. And a lot of times the greatest people among us are the people who are willing to say something when they see something. And um, in just our conversation, he told me about a book that he really recommended that he said was really terrific. And um, it's called The Four Agreements. And um, it's written by Don Miguel Ruiz. Ruiz. And um, he said it's a quick read and I should read it. And it's terrific. And it takes all the information of, you know, I, I read a lot of self-help books. I read a lot of motivational books. And um, this book kind of takes all that stuff and lines it up into four main agreements that you make with yourself that give you a, a laser focus for all that wisdom that you're trying to pick up and all that self-development that you're trying to do. So I went ahead and got the book and I read it and it absolutely just hit me exactly where I was ready to be hit with some truth and some wisdom. And um, I highly recommend it. I recommend books all the time. I feel like as human beings, it's really our responsibility to be continually learning, going to school and then going to college and then starting our careers. I don't, I don't uh, think that our learning, our book learning should end once we're out of school. I feel like it's actually when it should begin because instead of studying something to make money or to have a career or whatever it is, we now can take that time and we can invest in ourselves and becoming the best people that we can and learning how to navigate the world, navigate each other, navigate the relationship that we have with ourselves. So as we age and mature and grow in our lives, we can become 
better to ourselves, better to our families, better to our communities, and simply become good humans, become what we're meant to be, to self-actualize, to let our souls, you know, peel back the layers of, of, of fear and, and question and doubt and insecurity and all the things we don't know so that our souls can really be seen and therefore be effective in the world. Um, We all have something really beautiful and amazing and unique to offer. And a lot of times we have no idea how because we don't know what we have. We don't know who we are. We don't know um, what really lights us up and therefore what we can offer when we're fully functioning as ourselves. So I highly recommend that you read every single day and uh, that you find books that are a variety that feed your mind, your, your soul, that that deal with health, that deal with mental health and wellness and relationships and um, things that don't come easily. And um, just read, you know, how are you going to be um, an inspiration and a help and a motivation to yourself or others if you're not constantly putting something in your brain? So there's your little PSA for reading. So this book, The Four Agreements, I read it and I, I, it just happened to be at a time when I was here and I was, you know, feeling vulnerable and kind of adjusting and getting my feet under me and also feeling like I was far from home and having that perspective was really important and I didn't realize it because reading this book, it opened my heart up to want to heal, to want to heal the relationships that I had just left behind in Minnesota and to clarify other relationships in my life that I had been waffling on and that I wasn't really sure of and that I wasn't positive were right for me. But first of all, as I was reading, I came across a section where um, he talks about the idea of justice and how we often don't forgive ourselves and we beat ourselves up and we have negative self-talk. And there was a sentence in there that talked about justice. And it was saying that justice is not only getting punished for doing something wrong, like, oh, justice was served. Um, but injustice is a punishment not being handed out for a crime or for being punished over and over and over for the same crime. And we do that to ourselves. We we make a mistake, we make a big mistake, and instead of, you know, dealing with the consequences and moving on, we punish ourselves over and over and over again. And so the power of letting ourselves off the hook to say justice has been served, any more punishment for ourselves is now injustice, which is as bad as no punishment. And while I did take that to heart for myself, what happened is, the face of my sister flashed in front of my eyes because I had had a rift with my sister. Um, There was hurts. There was um, really deep hurts. And my sister and I used to be very, very close. Um, Never agreed on everything, never the same. We're very different people, but we were very close. And a couple of years ago with circumstances that happened, um, there were some hurts and I got really hurt. And, um, there was no communication for a long time between my sister and me, and um, and it broke my heart. It was one of the saddest, most devastating losses of my adult life was my relationship with my sister. But um, I felt like I had to disconnect to protect myself, and um, because when you're hurt, a lot of times the only way that you can ensure you don't get hurt again is to limit access to yourself. From certain people and so um so that that's what happened and um there were a lot of moments where I would miss her or I would think about the situation and and try to talk to her and I would go to her and say you know what I want to start over and um you know I forgive you and she would say you know I'm sorry I did you wrong let's start over but then every single time something else would happen and one of us would revert back to that unforgiving spirit or that hurtful spirit and it would all fall apart. And so very recently when I first moved down here this past fall, I had again concluded like I cannot talk to my sister because I always get hurt. And reading that sentence made me see everything different, differently. <laughs> um, 
I realized that I was absolutely 100% willing to forgive my sister. But because I had been wronged, as soon as we tried to start over, I was incredibly quick to find wrong, error, terribleness in anything and everything else that she did. And no matter what she did, I wasn't maintaining that, that actual forgiveness in my heart. And what I had really been doing was punishing my sister for two years for one thing that she did. And um, when I read that, it was such clarity and it was such logic that my emotions didn't even come into play. Sometimes truth is so, so powerful because it's not appealing to your emotions. It's just cold, hard facts that you can't argue. And I read that and I, I just saw the truth of my heart that I had been punishing my sister for two years. And that was a greater injustice than anything she had ever done to me. And I, I realized that there were a lot of people in my family and in my life that, yes, I had been wronged, but I had been stabbing over and over and over, over and over and over that wound. And I had been calling it, I've been trying to forgive, but, but really... I was holding my badge of honor that I'd been hurt and waving it around like a, like a champion. Like I have been hurt and therefore I am justified. And I was just so mortified um, to, see, to, to see it from a new perspective. I had to fix it. And uh, before I went home for Christmas, I picked up the phone and I called my sister and just said all that to her. I have been punishing you for two years. And that is a greater injustice than anything you ever did to me. And I am sorry. And I want to start over. I want to really start over. I don't want to look at you sideways and wait for you to hurt me. I don't want to be looking for the insult behind. I don't want to be looking for evidence that you're going to hurt me. Because I'll always find it. If you look for the evidence of someone, you know, is someone's ill intent, you'll find it. We like to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and and look at our intentions over our actions when we screw up and say, well, I screwed up, but my intentions were good. But when other people screw up, it's really not common for us to take their intentions um, into consideration. And that is what I had been doing. And so um, my sister and I just kind of had one big final powerful conversation to really put the past in the past. And it, um, I really had to own that. Yes, there had been a hurt. My sister hurt me, but I had taken it a hundred miles further than it needed to go. And um, it, it was just wonderful to have that conversation. And, and uh, I called, called the rest of my family to let them know because they were all involved on the sidelines, kind of knowing what was going on, feeling torn, not wanting to take sides, loving both of us. And um, so I had to take responsibility for that and just declare, you know what, I have been punishing my sister for two years and I'm done and I want to start over and I want to come home for Christmas and have a wonderful, loving family Christmas. I want us to just focus on all the good, fun memories that we have had. We've had so many great memories as a family. We've we've had our moments, but we've had many more amazing, beautiful moments than we have difficult or hurtful ones. Our family has been really good at managing to, to stay close despite differences, despite different viewpoints and different paths in life. So, um, so I went home for Christmas and, and my sister was, it was a, it was like nothing had ever happened. She just accepted me and talked to me like nothing happened. And I was able to do the same. And it was like, no time had passed. And I got to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas and the day after Christmas and that drive to Iowa to see my grandma with my sister. And I never would have gotten any of those things if I hadn't read that book. And if that powerful truth hadn't been just right in front of me and, um, I'm just, so grateful to have read that little blurb that just changed everything. And the greatest gift of the entire year um, happened at the holidays. And that was just simply to have a, a vein of, of sisterhood restored. And um, I just, it was beautiful and wonderful. And um, acknowledging that you're really wrong, it can be really hard, but any time that I've had to do it, the f- the reward is always a thousand times sweeter 
than the bitterness of having to swallow the pride. You know, pride is bitter to swallow and it's hard. It's a, it's a bitter pill. But the, I, I can't describe how sweet it was to sit in my sister's house, have dinner, reminisce. We pulled out an old songbook from Cult Church and uh, we played a fun game where she would sing the first line or read the first line and see if I could just sing the whole thing. And it was amazing from 20 to 25 years ago, these, these, these songs that were written by the people in the cult church, mainly the pastor's daughter, wrote all these songs. I mean, hundreds of them. And um, she would say the title and I could just sing it. And it all came out of my brain. It was all in there. And oh my gosh, we laughed so hard at, at the fact that that happened. And then, and even the tunes, like none of this was written in a notebook with like music. It was just the lyrics. For some reason, we had written down the words to every church song, I think, that we had ever sang in cult church. And, um, and it was hysterical to just, she would say a sentence and I'd sing it and could remember the tune and we laughed our butts off. And it was so bonding. And to just, you know, forget the differences that we do have and the different, the fact that we're different people, we are, we are bonded by our shared childhood and these weird, quirky things that, you know, 99% of the population has no idea. 99.999% of the population has no idea what was in that binder. But we did. And it was the same. And that was so beautiful and awesome. So that was the gift of the holidays. And then um, I had a similar conversation with my siblings um, to say, you know, also our parents, you know, they were not perfect parents. But maybe it's time we stop punishing them too. You know, we have held on to resentments as adults and, um, and we need to stop punishing them. So, uh, and that's a hard pill to swallow. Even though you say, you know, I forgive, I forget, I understand. Um, if there's, I just had a sense of entitlement to feeling the way that I felt and um, to looking sideways at specifically my mom. And I'm just, I'm just so ashamed that that is how I have viewed my mom. Yes, my mom made mistakes and there's been all, I mean, I did a whole episode about cult church and all of those things, but my, my, the intention of my mother is pure and it still is. And I love my mom. I have an amazing mom and my mom has a billion del- like delightful traits that instead of focusing on and exploiting, um, to sit around and, and think about and observe evidence of the things that aren't so great that remind me of not so great days. And that's just ridiculous. I'm only 42. I get another 40 years if I'm lucky. I mean, my mom is super healthy and young. I mean, she's 73 and she's spry and in great health. Why, why, why waste one more day punishing anybody for anything in the past? Let's live. Let's be good to each other. And so we had this big family get together and, um, and it was just lighthearted and fun and funny and loving. And there was a great wrapping paper fight. And um, that's always fun. You just, someone always gets my sister square smack dab in the face. Um, pretty soon the boxes start being thrown and it's just a free for all. And my mom used to get upset and hide the, the antique lamps or yell and like, the lamp's going to get hit over. You guys break something. And she get all mad. And now she, she just joins in. She doesn't stop it. She laughs. She she hands wrapping paper to the littler kids um, to throw to the bigger kids. And so now the wrapping paper fight is the most fun. So, so it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, wonderful, redemptive bonding start over for my family and, and specifically in my heart and being so far away from home now, it's, it's wonderful to think of my family back there with just love and goodness and to have that rift and that big pink elephant in the room out of the room. As much as I love pink, <laughs> the big pink elephant of hurt does not belong there. So, and, um, you know, I had no idea my grandma was going to pass so soon after the holidays. And I just keep thinking I would not have gotten down to see my grandma if not for the fact I got to ride with my sister, with my family. And I wouldn't have gone in a snowstorm, but my sister doesn't even care about that stuff. And so it just all comes back to this moment in my living room when my dear friend Howard said, you should read this book. And because of that, all of these beautiful gifts. So that leads me to, uh, to my newest life rule, which is if someone recommends a book to me, 
that means there's something in it that's waiting for me and I must find it. So I have a stack of books here. I've already been recommended some since then that I have read that have also indeed changed my heart and added so much goodness and I've found that nugget that I needed. And um, I have a stack here that I'm excited to mine for that next nugget. So I encourage you to adopt that philosophy because for me it's been very true. Um, it's It's been life-changing. The wisdom that is out there, other people have lived it and then they've documented it and written it and we can find it, learn from it, and let it change us and the trajectory of our lives. That is the power of the written word, of brilliant people putting it all down. We don't have to figure it all out on our own, and we don't have to go about it alone. We can call on each other, and we can read the wisdom and the goodness that other people have put together for us. So read, people. It's life-changing. that's all I have for you today in this episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing this podcast and these episodes that you love. Thank you for sharing them directly with your friends, with your social media. It means the world to me when I see online that you've shared this podcast. The best way for you to share it, honestly, is to send a link directly to somebody that you think would get something out of this podcast. Because saying, hey, I have a podcast for you is great. But sending a link where they just have to click is much more powerful and makes it easier on them. So send them a link. You can do that through iTunes, through Spotify, through Anchor. It's really easy. Also, if you could let me know, I would just love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you learned or what you felt when you were listening to this episode or any of my episodes. You can find me on Instagram. I'm destination underscore begin. Send me a message there or leave a comment. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Leave a five-star review would be so great. Um, And you can also email me, Kristen, at destinationbegin.com.